Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Moment, which is, which is awesome. But uh, this morning, uh, like Rachel said, I'm concluding our series, which has been called Fresh Air, over the last few weeks. And so our intention uh, with this series has been, as we start 2021, uh, that we would, that we would uh, endeavor to draw near to God, to seek Him for what He has for our lives in 2022. And it can be so easy just to dive into the year and dive into work and dive into school and dive into, you know, the client to contact or dive in another, you know, report to fill out or, you know, more washing to do or whatever it is for you. But what we want to do is we want to intentionally take time away from those things, not that those things are ungodly or wrong or anything like that, but we want to take some time out of the regular to set ourselves aside for God and to hear His voice and His plan for our lives. And so one of the ways that we do this, we've talked about this last few weeks, is to, is to seek God for what we call a word for the year. It's not a magical word. It's not the secret password to access the matrix or, or, or anything like that. It's a theme. It's an intention for your life. And here's where the real power is. It's from God. It's not just, you know, I saw an inspirational Disney movie last night, so I'll just take that. Or it's none of that. It's allowing God to speak His Word deep into our hearts, deep into our souls. And so uh, I'd love you if you've been doing that over the course of this time and have uh, your word for the year. Why don't you, you know, share it with, uh, with some people, share it with friends. It helps bring encouragement and accountability, how they can pray with you, remind you and celebrate with you when they see that attribute, you know, displayed uh, in, your, in your personal life. Um, I, I cheated this year and went for, I went for three words instead of just one, just really wanted to, you know, maximize 2020 to uh, for, for myself, but I'll, I'll, I'll share what mine is um, with you. It comes from the book of Nehemiah, which is an Old Testament book of the Bible that recounts the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem after this nation of Israel returned from uh, captivity in Babylon. Anyway, so my word from, from there is, like I said, it's three, it's rise and build. And so in its encouragement that the people gave to Nehemiah as they responded to the vision that he had given them to, to rebuild the walls. And that may just sound like, you know, a nice phrase or inspiring words to you, but I know for me that they are God's words for my life for this year. Now, not that age is everything, but 2022 is reasonably significant for me because I am, now I'm going to say the F word in church, I apologize, but I'm going to be turning 40, uh, oh, I know, uh, this year. Um, there, there's some others with another age starting with, starting with F, um, Tanya and Tim and maybe some others as well, but we won't, we won't, we won't go there, we won't go there for, for the moment. But for me, this uh, word rise and build is that I, I believe that God's, uh, there's been a foundation built uh, in my life over the first 39 and a half years, 40 years, um, but it's the foundation for what God is going to do for the rest of my life. But anyway, enough, enough about me. But I do share that to encourage you to seek God for the year. Don't wait to see what the year brings, but allow God to form and shape your life no matter 
what the natural circumstances are. Now, not only do we uh, encourage this principle of a word for the year for, for each of us individually and personally, uh, but we do it as, as a church together as well. And so uh, Rachel and I seek God to go, okay, God, what, what do you have for our church this year? What's a, what's a theme? What's a direction? What's an intention that you have for elevation in Mandra? We've done this each year. Uh, 2019 was from John 10.10, where Jesus said, I came to bring life and life to the full. And so we knew that over the course of that year that God had called us to bring Jesus' life to the city of Mandurah, to bring life and health and vitality uh, to this church. Then in 2020, it was from Isaiah, which was about expanding. So expand the borders of your tent, stretch out the curtains of your dwellings, lengthen your ropes, strengthen your stakes. For I will expand to the right and to the left is what it says in Isaiah. And we saw that happen across the church. Then last year from Romans, it was wide open spaces. From Romans 5, I think off the top of my head. God has a wide open space for people's lives to be filled with dream and, and vision and the possibility of what is to come. And so, so this year, as we you know, sought after God and discussed it and prayed some more, uh, we felt that our word for the year as a church was this word, influence. Influence. I believe that God is going to give us great influence as a church as a church corporately together, but also personally in the spaces and the places that we head into. So often we hear the word influence and immediately we think of some big, strong, mighty power influencing something small. And of course that is influence. We, you know, we may think of a, a nation with a strong military might uh, and we think of the influence they have over another nation who has less. We may think of the influence that Hollywood and media companies have when it comes to popular opinion. You know, possibly we think of, you know, political influence or maybe social media influences. Uh, those with are uh, people with a lot of followers who get paid money to pretend that the product's part of their daily lives. Oh yeah, look at this handbag. I just bought it. Actually, they gave me $10,000 to make that post. You know, so there's a lot of different reasons for influence. But even though God is the greatest power of all time, and I just shared this uh, this verse with you, with you quickly, Psalm 2, 1 to 4. It says, Why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepare for battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. Uh, I love this part. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. You see, all power and influence is nothing when compared with the mighty power of God, when compared with the mighty name, we just sang about it, of Jesus Christ. However, I feel that the influence that God is speaking to us for this year as a church is not by some form of some mighty big organisation influencing the small, that it's not going to come from our own great actions, but rather it is God calling all of us to those small, obedient actions, those prayers, those words, those relationships that will ripple out and have a tremendous influence on the people in our city and in our world and beyond. Um, as, as I've mentioned a couple of times over the last few weeks, I've been doing a lot of reading um, through the Bible. That's probably helpful being a pastor, but I've been doing a lot of reading specifically around where the Israelites returned to Jerusalem to rebuild that that had been lost. There was this guy called Zerubbabel, 
cool name, might not be great for a baby, but you know, whatever, you, you, you do what you like. But uh, this guy called Zerubbabel, uh, who was one of the leaders who took up the call to rebuild the temple that was destroyed. There was another guy called Zechariah who was a prophet, and he declares this word over Zerubbabel. And uh, as I was spending some time before the uh, before Christmas end of last year, just praying uh, over our church, praying uh, over our city, I was uh, on the beach at Singleton, uh, looking uh, looking back and could see like the coastline city city of Mandarin full view. I felt like God uh, just remind me of this scripture, which just fits in so well with this theme of influence. Actually, I had the scripture way before the word, but Zechariah four verse. This is his uh, prophetic declaration to uh, Zerubbabel. It says, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord of hosts. And and I believe that's uh, prophetic encouragement for us as a church that it's not by power, nor by might, but it's by my spirit declares the Lord. Now, now, initially you might think, oh, cool, does that mean we all get to you know, sit around a campfire, sing Kumbaya, and just wait for God to do everything? No, no, that's not what it means. Because that prophecy was to this guy, Zerubbabel, who was literally rebuilding the temple. So walls, pillars, doorways, the whole thing. So even though he had to action the work, God was reminding him that it wasn't in his own strength. It was God's Spirit ultimately that would see the promise come to completion. And just like the influence that God has for us as a church, for us as individuals, we are responsible for the small action, but it's God's Spirit and it's God's power that multiplies it. Have you ever been in a space where a small sound sounded bigger than it actually was? I was, um, a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting in the office here at church, which currently is actually the foyer and, and, and the cafe. We'll work, we'll work on that. And for some reason, I just sort of like clicked my fingers, maybe like old drummer habits. And because that space out there is, um, is so reflective um, and the original sound bounces around the space. It, it sounded amplified. It actually sounded amazing. Now, the technical name for that is a re- reverberation or commonly called reverb. And the, the definition is this, that after a sound has been made, the waves from that sound, they continue to travel. So when those waves hit and reflect off surfaces like walls, ceilings, floors, furniture, or even other people, that reflection can cause the sound to persist in a space, even after the source of the sound has stopped. So after the click stopped, there's still sound there because the sound wave from the click has hit the walls, um, you know, hit the, hit the tiles, hit the windows, every, everything in there. Okay, it produces this sonic effect called reverberation. The right amount of reflections, sorry, with the right amount of reflections, the reverberation makes the sound bigger, warmer, and richer. The the shower is a good example of this. That's why you sound better when you sing in the shower. It's because the acoustics are helping you because the reflection is making your voice sound deeper and richer and bigger. It may also be the fact that you sound better in the shower than out in the lounge room with the rest of your family or your housemates. It may also be that the water's covering your flat pitch and you're the only one listening and you're not very pitch self-aware. But anyway, you know, but it's all about the acoustics really, right? So, so it's, it's why we sound better one of the reasons why we sound better in the shower. 
Uh, I remember when I was um, studying at university, um, which I didn't complete, um, just, just so you know, just because Rachel pays me out and says, you always say these stories sounding like you graduated. I didn't quite. But anyway, that's a, that's a story for another day. Um, but I was studying, um, studying music, and so uh, I remember the first time I stepped into the concert hall at Newcastle Conservatorium, and uh, I, hit, um, I hit the snare drum, which is the one just in the middle there, the loudest one. It's this amazing acoustic space. Actually, I've got a photo if you can flick that up. Yeah, there it is. It's this amazing acoustic space where stringed instruments and French horns and oboes and the big organ right down the back there just sound amazing but I remember stepping onto that stage and hitting this snare drum for the first time I felt like I just tapped it and the thing exploded and the conductor probably you know had a heart palpitation at, at the same time or, or something who let the church drummer in the orchestra but um but it, it just expanded it uh to be so loud and there's something about that that's the type of influence that I believe that God is calling us to. It's not a forced influence. It's not an aggressive influence, even though we do take authority in the spiritual realm, even though we understand that Ephesians says that we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with principalities and powers and the rulers of this age. We stand on the authority of Jesus Christ. But the type of influence I believe God is calling us to with people is not a I will suppress you influence. It's a sound it's an action that God multiplies. It's courageously following a prompting that you feel God has put in your heart. It may seem small or even insignificant. However, small actions or small sounds in the right space at the right time create big influence. God uses the small and then He multiplies these things to cause great change. You know, later in that chapter that I read from Zechariah, there's another encouragement that he, that he speaks to him. And I, I want to read it in context with the rest of it. So this is Zechariah 4, 6 to 10. Uh, so he answered and said to me, this is the part we read before, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands uh, shall also finish it. Then, will, then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For even these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord which scan to and fro throughout the earth. The encouragement I want to bring to us today on this theme of influence is that phrase where it says, who has despised the day of small things. God is speaking faith into Zerubbabel through this prophecy that what may look like something small in your hand now is going to end, it's not going to stay that way. It's not going to end up small. As you are obedient to the call that God has for your life, to the actions, to the way He's leading you, no matter the size, God multiplies it for great influence. He multiplies it for great influence. How does this work in our personal lives? Well, I want to encourage every parent that's here. The small things that you do with your kids to raise them in the way that God wants, the prayer before bed each night, the discipline of talking to them, hey, we don't speak like that in our house, the modelling of uh, 
of opening your Bible, of your kids seeing you in prayer or reading the Word, just, just the, the commitment of regularly attending the house of God, of saying, you know what, no, we're making church and gathering together with people a priority. God is going to take what may seem small and He's going to use them to great effect. I want to encourage you, parents, do not despise the days of small beginnings. And maybe you're a young adult here. I want to encourage you, the small decisions that you make to live a life worthy of the call that God has called you to, the walking away from conversations where other people are tearing other people down, the turning off of certain media content that's just destructive to your soul, the not choosing not to go to certain places with certain people because you know it is never going to end well. Don't despise the days of small beginnings. Don't despise the small choices. They'll multiply and they'll have a ripple effect to make something great in your life. Do not despise the day of small beginnings in your workplace, in your social life, in your personal life, turning off the noise of the world that just creates um, just creates uh, worry and fear, choosing the high road of integrity at work when most other people are just trying to see how much they can get away with responding to others in love and forgiveness, not reaction and angst and unforgiveness. It's the small things that God multiplies in and through our lives. Don't despise the days of small beginnings. God wants to use those things and many others to bring great influence for His glory and His church, for His glory, for His kingdom to make a difference whatever space we step into, whatever workplace we step into, whatever family environment we step into, school space, university, wherever it is, God has called us to be of great influence. For us as a church community here together, and I say this with as much humility as possible, but this is actually the largest this church has ever been in its history. We are thankful for all God is doing in us and through us, but we know that these are only days of small beginnings. Can I encourage you that we're thankful for what God has done, but we look forward to the future to see to see even more what He's going to do. I, I'm still blown away that as of... Um, pre-September last year, everyone in this section was either sitting in the parents' room or the, or the office. Like, it's amazing what God has done, but it's just the day of small beginnings. We are believing across this church we will have even more community impact. That toddler jam is just the beginning. That our, our elevation pantry is just the beginning. That each and every day on this site there would be activity that makes a difference in our community that impacts the surrounding region because of what's happening in and through our lives. We are believing that this won't be the only service. Can I tell you that right now? We will not just have a 10 a.m. service forever and amen until Jesus comes back. No, there is growth. There is multiplication. There is people that need to find Jesus Christ that need to say, you know what? I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to go out to my world. I'm going to invite people to come. In fact, we've already planned Easter Sunday. We're doing 10 a.m. and we're doing 5 p.m. Easter Sunday night as well. Why? Because we are believing to make an influence, to make an impact, to make a difference in people's lives. These are only small beginnings for all that God has in store for Elevation on the West Coast. We have a dream and a vision to plant new locations out of this one. Do you know that future location pastors, youth leaders, kids directors, pastoral care leaders are probably sitting right here right now. 
There's a dream and a seed of something that God is putting on the inside of your life. Influences in the area of media, in the area of business, in the area of government, in the area of education. God has called us to have a great influence in this region and beyond. And it's sitting here in seed form. But will we be obedient to God's call, to the small, seemingly insignificant actions that He has for us? We believe there's great influence over our church for the future and for now. But it's not going to come because we're so great or some great, you know, marketing campaign or amazing social media ads or, you know, amazing leaflet drops, even though we probably will do all those things as well. But it comes as we are obedient to the seemingly small things that God asks of us and then Him by His Spirit moving on people's lives to bring salvation, to bring healing and to bring hope. I believe that elevation is going to bring great is going to bring great influence to the city of Mandra and beyond. Not because of a brand, but because of you, because of me, because of what God has placed in our lives. Because we carry the spirit and the light of Christ wherever we are. I, I believe all across this place that something might happen on a work site somewhere, and there's someone comes in and responds with a different spirit, brings peace when there's anxiety, brings resolution when there's been conflict. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's Walter, that's Glenn, that's Zaid, that's you know, Daniel. They, they, they must be from that, from that elevation church because there's something different about their lives, that something would happen in a school and there'd be students that respond in a different way, and they're like, "Oh, that 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 Caitlin, or that you know, that Trinity, that 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 Elise, that Abby, that you know, that Ariel, that that that's something. They must be that Talia, that Tamsin. They must be they must be from that elevation because there's something different about their lives. There's something that they carry, which is different to the rest of the world. See, the Bible says it like this. Uh, maybe Ben, as just as Ben joins me on the on, on the keys." The um, Bible says it like this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21. It says, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling, that means bringing back, people to Him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself no longer counting people's sins against them. Thank goodness for that. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. I believe that this is the influence that God has called us to as a people and as a church that we are His ambassadors, knowing that we have a new life in Him and then calling people back to that relationship with Jesus. I, I know maybe we hear the phrase calling people back and we might think of angry street preacher with a megaphone, but we call people back to God in our everyday responses. We call people back when we respond in humility when things don't go our way. We call people back to God when as a high schooler, you live a different life to your friends and say no to the things of the world. And yes, we call people back when we tell them what Jesus has done 
in our lives, when we invite them to church or to Toddler Jam or to Elevation Youth on a Friday night or the next What's Cooking event that's taking place or Her Tribe or whatever it is we're doing, we do our part in obedience. God moves by His Spirit and then great influence comes. Great influence comes. I believe 2022 is going to be a year of great influence for this church. I believe it's going to be a year of great influence for your life as you do all you can to follow God, to be obedient to His Word, to His leadings and His promptings. So this morning in a moment, we're going we're gonna to pray and we're going to let our hearts be open and let God know that we are willing, that we are able to be obedient to His leading, to understand that we are Christ's ambassadors and to never despise the day of small beginnings. Never despise those small beginnings. Come across this place. Would you bow your heads in prayer? Maybe you just want to lift your hands or put them out in front of you with palms up as a sign to say, Jesus, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to be obedient. I just want to pray, Lord God, as a church across this year, I declare that this is going to be a year of great influence. I declare, Lord God, into workplaces, into schools, Lord God, wherever we are, Whatever we're doing, God, you are going to move by your Spirit. That's not in our own strength. It's not because of our own smarts. It's not because of whatever else is going on. But God, it's because you are moving in us. You are moving through our lives, Lord God. I thank you, Jesus. I want to pray specifically for every school student here heading back to school this week. God, I just thank you right now. I thank you for the influence that you have called them to. I thank you, Lord God, that you fill them with strength and might, your strength and your might. When the way of the world is maybe heading a different direction, I declare and I impart to them this morning the strength and the might of your spirit, of your power, Lord God. They will not be the influenced, but they will be the influences in their schools, Lord God. They will be the ones that stand up for righteousness. They will be the ones that look for those who don't have a place at school. They'll be the ones that bring your spirit and your love and your grace. And Lord, when they mess up, which we all do, we all do. They'll come back to you for your grace, for your love, and for your forgiveness. I thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you for every person. I, I just felt, last night I was doing some final prep, I just felt to pray for, as people here, you feel like you're stuck, like there's no room to make a difference, like you're stuck in work mode or stuck in retirement or stuck in raising children. I want to encourage you right now. God, we declare over those that feel like they are stuck. Would you open our eyes? Would you open our ears? Let us be aware, Lord God, of those opportunities that you have for each and every one of us. God, we want to be obedient to what you've called us to. We want to be obedient to your leading. And God, I just thank you right now for every person that maybe feels like they're stuck, God. You come and you change that perspective. You come and you bring hope. You come and you make a difference in their lives, Jesus. We just thank you right now, Lord God. And we just humble ourselves before you that you are going to move in and through our lives. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. You know, God has opportunities for each and every one of us every day. 
to bring His love and bring His grace to the world around us. You know, sometimes we miss those opportunities. Can I? Because I, I just felt to encourage people by, by telling you where I fail. But uh, I was on the beach walking the dog on Boxing Day. And, um, you know, classic dog owners, you know, don't know the name of the people, but know what their dogs are called. Anyway, um, so I was talking with this couple who I've talked to a couple of times who have moved into the area recently, don't know that many people. And I said, oh, you know, Boxing Day, what are you up to? And they're like, oh, actually, we don't really know anyone, so not much. Um, and I went, oh, okay, well, you know, enjoy that, relax, and then walked off. And I was like, five steps. And I wanted to kick myself up my backside and just go, you're an idiot. How did you miss that opportunity? It was right in front of you. It was a couple of words off. Hey, well, you know, we actually have a church service today. Why don't you come along and, and, and check it out? Now, I share that not to just air dirty laundry, but to go, you know what? We all miss those opportunities. We all make mistakes. I've said to God, I'm sorry, please give me another opportunity with, with this couple, another open door. If it can be as obvious as that one as well, please, because I'm a little slow, please do it again. But for all of us, we miss those things sometimes. But it's not about being dragged into condemnation or thinking that we're terrible Christians or anything like that. It's just getting back up, realising that His mercies are new for us every day and every morning, stepping back in and going, you know what, again today, God, there's an opportunity for me. There's an opportunity to bring great influence. There's an opportunity to bring your light and your love to each and every person. We're just going to pray one more time. Would you bow your